Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to our podcast, we welcome you to Prodigal and the Priest. Father Paul, how are you doing? Doing good. That was a very inclusive intro. Trying to catch anyone yeah. at any time. Any and all. I I am all things to all people. That's beautiful. Said John Paul too, or some <laughs> other saying. <laughs> right. Or St. Paul said to be all things for all people. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. whatever. So, how was your Labor Day weekend? It was good, man. Do you anything fun? Hung out with some friends. Uh, got involved in a fantasy football draft. Mm, wonder who uh, roped you into that. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Probably a really good friend. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Joey. Um, that was fun, though. Yeah, and you might have created a monster because I find it really interesting. And yeah, I'm probably going to neglect all my duties to just... <laughs> you, you just don't show up to Sunday Mass anymore. You're like, sorry, can't say the noon. Game time. It's game time. I've got stat sheets everywhere. I'm making notes for next year's draft. All of a sudden, you've thrown out of the office any biblical like text, and you just have like binders of like <laughs> fantasy football, yeah. PPR, stats, reception, perception. You know, different things like that. It'll All be of awesome. it. Yeah, it was fun. So, it is fun. So yeah, it was a good weekend. How's well, your weekend? Good, good, good. Besides the fact that in that draft, I lobbied to get you into it to make a 14 team league and then you got like a primary like like a primo a good spot like draft spot and i got like this end of the draft terrible so we'll that'll, see how it goes i'll just make your comeback victory all the more mm, glorious that's right well being a you know pessimistic person i've already like put my record at 0 and 14 so <laughs> I will not win at all. (laughs) So anyway, let's get into our topic today. I thought it was very interesting this past weekend, Father. We we saw the gospel from Matthew 18, Mm. um, Mm. 15 through 20, and it says this, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. I'm going to kind of stop there, but I think it's an interesting and challenging gospel, and it's a time that we get a lot of questions. I get it a lot as a youth minister. I'm sure you get it a lot as a priest is to say, um, really, how do we call somebody out? In the Mm -hmm. moment of somebody is either whether it's struggling with a personal sin, like whether it's um, a public sin, you know, um, or just doing something that maybe isn't like a hundred percent sinful, but just not good for them. <laughs> like life Only choices. Like 85% sinful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over under 50%. So <laughs> like what percentage needs to be to make it a sin that you have to confess? Probably I think, 51%. I think that's the wrong the wrong question okay so we uh, i'll put that in the questions and we can follow up on okay. that on our, yeah. our we'll make an episode. algorithm yeah um but really that idea that we our society i feel does not like to call people out and gets very uncomfortable with it we usually make excuses and say well that's not my job 
That's for mm-hmm. somebody else to do. That's for the church to do, maybe a priest to do or a youth minister. Like, um, th- I'm, you know, hey, you do you. You know, like whatever's good for you is good for you. So I just wanted first impressions of that and then maybe dive in a little bit to help our listeners to say, how do you actually do this and let it be successful? Because, you know, it's laid out. Jesus says a few very interesting things in here that I'm Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I don't know. I've never had a go well where I'm like, hey, I'm going to bring two or three people with me and like, hey, we're going to tell you the facts. Yeah. So I don't know. Just toss that out. A few initial thoughts on this topic. Yeah. Um, So initial thoughts, and I preached about this on Sunday because it was our gospel from Sunday. (laughs) Um, If you look at the passage... Which you can listen to on... Yeah, yeah, on on on, YouTube. On YouTube and... and The other places. That we have things. Where we post things. Yeah, yeah, great. Facebook. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if... I preached on the fact that context is important for understanding things. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look right before uh, this, this passage, the context, the immediate context is... The desire of the Father um, to seek out the one who goes astray, leaving the 99. It's the, the parable of the 99 sheep yep. or the 100 sheep, and the good shepherd leaves the 99, and that's a weird thing to do anyway. Right. It's meant to be shocking. Um, and goes after the one who's straying, and then says, It is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So you have the desire of the Father, right? The will of the Father, which is to seek out those who are straying. Right. That's the immediate context. And then here in, in the gospel we're actually looking at, uh, we're shown how we participate in that will of the Father and that desire of the Father. Right. Um, and you can even see that in the words of the gospel itself. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. You have gained your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole point of this is not necessarily to ensure this is why the context is important right it's not necessarily just about like how do we have a good community life but it's how do we participate in the desire of god to save those who are straying yeah even perhaps at the expense of them reacting badly so those those are first impressions there's a lot that needs to be fleshed out there so just to clarify you're saying though biblically we would read this as Jesus was continued, like this was all one yes. conversation, being like... Well, I think it's, yes, kind of. Um, <laughs> so Matthew 18, mm-hmm. it, it's more like the structure of the gospel itself. Matthew right. 18 begins a new section in the gospel of Matthew, and the gospel of Matthew is ordered according to like five major speeches or discourses of Jesus, and it doesn't mean that he said everything in each of those all at once. Right. But the material is all put together such that you can tell it's one teaching. Right. And so if you want to figure out what those discourses are, are about, you kind of look at the beginning and see yeah. what the themes are. Right. Um, and then he normally goes into parables to like develop the imagery around the themes further. And because we're stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I parables mean, can be hard to understand. Uh, there are definitely some very tough parables to understand, but I often think about it like when we're in a conversation and I'll share something and be like, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, mm, not so much. And then it's like, oh, well, let me use this example. Yeah, let me use this example. Like, this. <laughs> like right. Jesus is just like, let me give you one more. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now. So, 
So the, yeah, that's, go ahead. that's the first impression of it, right? Right. Um, but that doesn't really get to, to the question of like, how exactly do we do this? Now, but are you it's saying... It's more why. Right. But are you saying in some sense like, okay, so maybe the one has drifted away, right? Yeah. You go after the one. Mm-hmm. So you've you found the one. Yes. <laughs> you went to the place and found him. <laughs> that's right. Now it's like, you might have to address him and be like, hey, I want to talk to you about something, right? Right. Um, I don't know just putting it on the table. Um, I've had many years of this in youth ministry, um, prior to youth ministry. Um, I feel like unless both people are in a place of faith and understanding, it really hasn't gone that great for me. (laughs) You know, even in the most loving way to be like, Hey, I'm worried about you. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about something. Just our defense mechanisms are so high. Oh, yeah. Hair trigger. So how do we even do this? Because I know the average listener is probably saying, yeah, not my place. I don't need to do it. Right. So I guess kind of like, give me your thoughts on that first. Like, is it the average person's place to do that? And then second is like, I don't know, what are some practicals when you're going into it? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's in spiritual direction or addressing somebody um, or even in in your past life prior to priesthood, you know, like was there ways? Um, So I don't know, maybe, maybe address that first part of like, is the average person like called to address big issues with people? Yeah, no, absolutely. They are. I mean, Jesus is very clear here. He's not like, you know, um, if, well, first is a little text critical thing, which is just interesting. Like, it says in our in our gospel, if your brother sins against you, which makes it sound like it's a you know between you and me kind of thing, right? Not just you know, like you stole my fantasy football pick, exactly. I'm mad, yeah, you know. Now we need to talk, right? Um, and not just like if they're doing something wrong in general, but uh, when you look at the Greek manuscripts, actually, the much better testimony is if your brother sins without the against you. The the against you is kind of. Dubious, it's not sure whether that was added or whether it was dropped in the manuscript tradition, which I think is just helpful for us to hear because we are looking for any excuse to get out of this, right? (laughs) Any excuse, because it doesn't go well often. (laughs) Often. Nine times out of 10, in my experience, if not 10 out of 10. (laughs) But I am saying to you, Jesus is saying to you, and also Pope Benedict um, oh, is saying to sixteen. Yeah, so in so the Pope's put out a Lenten message every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's normally kind of a a nice reflection, you know. Right. And in 2012, he put out this reflection on fraternal correction on this issue, and he cites this passage among others, but it's not the only one by far. Right. Like he starts with a passage from Hebrews and all this, and he says. Among many other beautiful things in that pretty short message, if you search for Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, 2012 Lenten message, you'll find it. Okay. And it's not long; it's not complicated to understand. But maybe we can link it on our YouTube page. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, if Joey does that. Yeah. All right, sure, great. Sure, okay. Put it in my notes, Joey. Link so, to YouTube page. So he talks about the verb used to express fraternal correction in this passage. It's the same to indicate the prophetic mission of Christians to speak out against a generation indulging in evil. And he cites Ephesians five eleven. So there's something prophetic 
And when you look at the lives of the prophets, like things didn't always go well for them. People didn't react well, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they were like, well, nobody's going to listen to me anyway. Like when, when God puts this on your heart, this prophetic call to admonish for the sake of bringing back, right? To win, to gain over, um, like you have to carry it out. The church actually includes this as a spiritual work of mercy uh, in our list of spiritual works of mercy. We have the corporal mm-hmm. ones like feeding the poor and the spiritual ones and this specific thing. It's called admonishing the sinner. Right. <laughs> it's a spiritual work of mercy. And he says it's important to recover, meaning that we tend to lose it, this dimension of Christian charity. We must not remain silent before evil. I am thinking of all those Christians who, out of human regard or pers- purely personal convenience, adapt to the prevailing mentality rather than warning their brothers and sisters against ways of thinking and acting that are contrary to the truth and the that do not follow the path of goodness. Christian admonishment for its part is never motivated by a spirit of accusation or recrimination. It is always moved by love and mercy and springs from genuine concern for the good of the other in a world pervaded by individualism. But isn't that, oh, go ahead. It is essential, (laughs) dramatic pause. Dramatic pause, let me It is essential to rediscover the importance of photography fraternal correction so that together we may journey toward holiness. So he's saying like, look, I get it. It's hard. You could say, you know, maybe it was easier in the time of Jesus and he's not talking to our time. Right. It's always kind of, kind of weak, but Pope Bendix here in 2012 is saying like, no, it's, we have to recover this because this is an essential part of Christian charity Mm -hmm. concern for the good of the other. Now that didn't get into the details of how to go about doing this. Right, um, right. But isn't but it so subjective in the sense of like what I think is like important to bring up and what the person receiving it is like, this isn't really a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it it just brings up the question of, yeah, w- what is big enough to bring up? You know, like right, right. I saw somebody spill something <laughs> And it's like, hey, you didn't really fully wipe that up. I need to go to my brother and, you know, call them out. Like, yeah, that's a that's a ridiculous example. But you know yeah, what I mean? No. Like there's different varying lines of like, yeah. are we talking about just like severe things? Are we talking about average things? Like, I mean. We're talking about sinful things, right? Which I think, is a good distinction. Yeah. Like just we're not, not talking about yeah. mistakes, right? You're not, you know, chidings. This isn't like sort of basketball training right where like you know you want to make this young person who has talent into a superstar one day and so you're going to be so hard on them Mm -hmm. right um you know you missed one free throw out of 50 so run like 50 laps to make up for it like it's not that right right, right, right. that may have its place right (laughs) but this is not that Right. This is a genuine concern for the good of the other motivated by charity, mm. which is love, right? Yeah. This unselfish love that God has for us, right? Uh, which gives us the strength to ignore even human regard. So like how they react for the sake of their good. So it's talking about like when to do this. It's when you see someone sinning. Now. Good distinction. Yeah. So th- there's more to it as well, Right. Um, like there is a truth that our ability to communicate to somebody and actually be heard 
is dependent on our level of intimacy with them. If I don't know anybody at all, they're not likely to listen. Right. There may be some instances where the prophetic call, right? I was going to um, say your your vocation lends to somebody listening to you more than the average oh, person. Oh, it does. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it generates that, that right. sort of relationship. Right. Um, but, okay, like... Let, let me just get into one example. We can go into more examples okay. later. But before I was in seminary, when I was in college, I remember um, I was starting to take my faith seriously, and it was starting to bother me how often we spoke badly about other people. Mm. Um, there's different species of gossip, right? You can say something false about somebody, and that's called calumny. But you can also say something true that people don't need to know that damages their reputation. Right. That's also gossip. It's called detraction. You're detracting from their reputation. So I was in a group of friends, and they were all very good friends. We were all like really trying in our Christian faith. It wasn't yeah. like, and they started sort of teasing someone behind this person's back, and just like gossiping. It wasn't a really serious thing. Right. And. It just, for some reason in that moment, I was like, you know, and I think that a lot of people have had this, like, I shouldn't be part of this conversation. Right. Um, and I said something very simple, like, you know, we shouldn't talk about him like that. And it was kind of a, <laughs> like it Mic brought, the, yeah, brought the conversation <laughs> to a halt. It was awkward. Wait, was it, was it like this? <laughs> a little bit it's more like like sort of a car screeching to a halt i don't have that drop uh, emergency brake pull but like it was it was a little dramatic and a little awkward and i certainly felt awkward right but then i wasn't you know sad that i'd said it and uh the conversation kind of moved on to something else and it was all fine Afterwards, two of the people of the four came up to me and said, you know, I am so glad that you said that. I was thinking the same thing. I didn't have the courage to speak up. Um, and like, that just that just meant so much. That was such a good witness. Right. Um, see, the thing is, we tend to know when things are wrong. Right. Like when things are sinful. Uh, that's what our conscience does. Right. <laughs> that's what the Holy Spirit acting in our conscience prompting us towards right. virtue and away from sin. Yeah. That's what he does. Um, and so in that situation, I would guarantee you every single one of those people knew that we shouldn't be talking about this person like that. Right. But out of sort of this weird like peer pressure where it's like none of us want to do this, but right. since we are, we don't want to offend the others. Right. Um, Nobody said anything, and I'm not saying that like I'm great at this. Mm. That's like one of I could probably count on one hand right. um, the number of times in my life I've done something like that. Right, uh, which is not a, a number I'm particularly proud of. Right, but I'm just saying like, like look how awesome <laughs> I am. One hand, <laughs> like that. I did that. I think that's a very common experience, and what the gospel and what Pope Benedict are telling us is that we should be able to do that. We should cultivate a habit of uh, detachment from how others think of us right. such that we could do that because we know it's right. Even if nobody reacts well, right. that there is a value to witnessing to the truth, 
even when everybody rejects that witness. That's right. the prophetic dimension of this. Right. People happen to react well in that case. Yeah, um, and and I, that felt yeah. very good and and it brought and up like I heard two points that I want to like our listeners to get across. I think one was having a relationship with those people. Yeah. Like brought validity to what you said. Yes. Like you weren't going up in a random group of guys and being like, hey, what's up? But if you were in a random group, it also brought up a second point that I want to say to people like if you're at work, if you're at different things, it doesn't have to be this long lecture. No. You said, hey. Very simple thing. I don't think we should be talking about that guy. Simple. Boom. Like those are two practicals that like I want our listeners to kind of put in their pocket and say one is like, hey, you see somebody like around you at work and school, where whatever stage of life our listeners are in, build the relationship. It, it will come across just <laughs> infinity times better. Yes. Um, because I remember an instance in college where I had to talk to somebody. Um, I was in charge of a group of guys and I had to talk to somebody about just kind mm -hmm. of like underage drinking and some different mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought it went well. I was like, you know, yeah. I care about you. Like I, I, I see more for you than this, like goes well. And then like, leaves and then like two days later it's like oh yeah this person hates you they're so mad at you you, you know and it's like well you know i did say what i had to say and yeah. i felt like i sh like god was calling me to say but a lot of times uh, i look back and say think i could have established that relationship a little bit better right and and i and i want to bring a distinction in we're not talking about you're walking down a hallway in school or, or you're somewhere in the world and there's a egregious case of like bullying or something like that, right. that it's like immediate action needs to be taken. If you're right. around somebody Good though, like it doesn't hurt to make the extra effort to build the relationship so that they can receive that feedback. Well, does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, it okay. does make sense. Uh, that's very important. But it's also very easy to rationalize away our responsibility by saying the relationship isn't built enough. Right. Right. Exactly. How how long do I have to have known them? How much? You know. Yeah. yeah. So here's here's the thing, and this is why, like I brought up the ninety nine at the beginning and mm -hmm. the God's desire uh, that we participate in to seek out and save those who are straying. Right. Like, like the crux of this thing, which is another word for cross. <laughs> um, is that for the sake of their good, we have to be willing to endure a bad right. response. Right. Um, that they might not, might not like us, that it might destroy even that relationship. If we really believe that this is for their good, right. then that's the act of love, is to be willing to sacrifice our relationship for the sake of witnessing. Like there's so many examples of, for instance, teenagers who were going astray um, and everybody like wants to be their friend and just sort of encourages them along and this kind of thing. And then you have one person who's like says what you're doing is, is harmful. It's hurting yourself. Like right. I don't want, I, I want to see you fully alive mm -hmm. um, and has this prophetic witness and maybe it doesn't, maybe it takes years Maybe it takes decades, but people remember stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like that's just how we're built. Right. And so we have to trust that like 
we play our part in this and God does his part. Right. And we might not ever see the fruits of fraternal correction. Um, it might look like a complete failure to us, but we don't know what that example is going to do for somebody down the line, especially if they've continued to reject right that. Right. And then they hit rock bottom. Right. Now, want to bring in a last point before we go into our, our segment because we haven't done it in a while, so I want to do mm-hmm. watching, reading, thinking. But So at what point for you is it that if those people, though, around you do not stop that, that like at what point, though, is either let's 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 say you are friends. Yeah. At what point then do you have to go the step further and say, mm. hey, I brought this up to you. I'm really worried about this. Like this is harming you. Like at what point do you or do you cut off that friendship? Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like a lot of people are going to say, well, that's easy with a coworker. Okay. I'll just see him at work. Mm -hmm. But what about one of the hardest people to do it with family members? (laughs) Yeah. Like you bring up to a family member, like you're doing this. I, it's not bringing life to you or anybody around you. I'm worried about it. Like you can't totally escape them, but you know, the relationship is damaged, you know? Um, Mm. And so yeah. is there a point where you were around those guys striving for Christian thing? And it, even though they were like, yeah, this is great. What if they keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it? Like in that example, let's just use that. I mean, would there have been a point where you're like, hey, I'm going to step away from this group of friends? Or is it just you're, is it more measuring the level of severity of the thing they're it doing? Really, like that's a prudential call, right? Which So the virtue of prudence right very much deter- depends on circumstance and individual yeah. things um personality like all of it uh you have to take all those things in when you're trying to make a prudent decision um and so i you know i can't really say like in this case do this in this right, case right, do right. this exactly um which i know is frustrating to hear but it's just how it is yeah um so that's the end of the podcast but, yeah, yeah. But like I, I think the principle of charity is is just so important here, right? Charity is the love of God that dwells in us. It's a theological virtue, right? Um, it's something given to us in our baptism, right? Faith, hope, and charity. And when just tangent a little bit, but when we sin uh, mortally, we lose charity, right? When we repent and go to confession, we gain back that virtue of divine charity that dwells within us and we can develop it as a habit, right? We can, we can get the habit of acting out of that charity or we can kind of suppress it. Um, but we have to be confident that we have that gift of God's own love dwelling in us, inspiring us to do the charitable thing. Yeah. Uh, the thing that is concerned about the good of the other. And so like, I mean, I can imagine any number of responses, even just for that, specific occasion and it's not always clear which one is the right one or which one is the best one right but that's not always the the best way to frame the question anyway like Mm -hmm. like what is what is the charitable response right what is the generous response here what do i know is in the best interest of the other um even if it turns out badly for me right hopefully it won't i want to stay friends with these people right right i don't want them to not like me 
Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be liked. Right. Um, but yeah, I can see leaving a group of friends if the gossip reaches a level of toxicity, right? Just, where just can't where get away from it. And and then it's like, yeah, you're leaving in sort of a prophetic witness of like, you know, I can't be around you all because you talk this way, but also for the sake of your own spiritual life. Right. Um, Salvation of your own soul. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. That's in, in that specific occasion. That's a, yeah. that's a real possibility. Yeah. Which, um, go ahead. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where I was going after that. Well, I was just going <laughs> to say, which brings up the importance to say, pray, pray, pray. pray yes. Before, I mean, yes. Uh, you brought up an instance where it wasn't like you're able in that moment to be like, let me go back, reflect, pray. In the moment, you're called to that action. But it, the prayer is what leads you to that moment, like to say, to make this tough choice in, in the moment. Yeah. You know, like people are always like, well, I can't be a saint. I can't be da da da. I'm like, yes, you can, because it's in preparation of your prayer, your spiritual life. Everything you're doing now leads to those moments. Yes. Where it's like, that's exactly. And now right. I have the courage to do it. Boom. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, let's go into our final segment, um, reading, watching, thinking. We haven't done this in a while, so what are you reading, watching, and thinking? Okay. I'm reading a book right now now called The Case for Jesus by Brant Petrie. Mm. Uh, it's very good. It's about the historical veracity of the gospel, the historical truth. Um, I love how uh, he's like, he says a word, and he's like, let me explain and it I see to Joey's Joey eyes and just everybody like else. glaze over... <laughs> That's no, that's just from having like two young children and a pregnant wife. That's just that's constant of um, like is life happening? Go ahead. Yeah. Like it's a so I've I've studied a lot of this stuff on kind of a high level uh at the Biblicum, right? That was my degree was getting into historical criticism. This is written on a very popular level, mm-hmm. but it's written with a lot of really good scholarship behind it. So I I, I like uh, Dr. Brant Petrie quite a bit. Um, he's, a. have never met him, but I know people who know him and I know people who have studied under him right. when he taught at Notre Dame seminary in Louisiana and I listened to his stuff and I think he's, he's really solid. Yeah. Um, he's also the founder of the Petri dish that they use for yes, science. Yes, that is true. False. No one looked that up. <laughs> Anachronistic, <laughs> very confused chronology. Um, but he, he wrote this book. And it's a distillation of his thesis, mm-hmm. somewhat, a summary of his thesis. It's very easy to read, and it's just, it's very good. It's just, a, like, <laughs> if if you ever hear historical critical things uh, about, like, the authorship of the Gospels or dating of the Gospels, like, this is a very refreshing thing to read. Right. He's He doesn't shy away from it, but he's just very very honest and sort of simple in the investigation. So it's a good book. Um, also not, not terribly long. What are you reading? You know, uh, a little cop out here, but our church, St. Anne's, um, has re- recently kind of published a course called Foundations. Mm. And I'm going through it with a group of guys. Oh, and um, I initially was part of a group that kind of was doing it and proofreading going through it and um but like this is a time for me to actually like dive in even more to like read the reflections um so for those who don't know it's a uh, it's part of our discipleship pathway and it's a course that uh goes through nine nine tenets of like the catholic faith and just christianity and so 
um, reading that, going through that, it's been really good, especially since there's time to reflect and journal and that. I definitely sound like a suck up, but I'm not because I'm not that type of person. It's just, that's what I'm doing right now. So watching, I am mostly watching sports. Um, yeah, I'm interested to watch the Fatima movie. Yeah. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. I'm kind of like, eh, should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? But, um, you know, uh, yeah. So Dallas Stars has been watching them a lot. Been yeah, watching, that's been uh, exciting. Uh, NBA basketball and um, all of that. And excited to watch this coming Thursday. Football. Football back. Okay, you. Um, I watched a little bit of The Office the other day. It had been <laughs> a long time. Um, but I was with a buddy of mine and we... Just like, you know, I want to watch some of The Office. So we watched like two episodes and it was just so delightful. Nice. <laughs> were they like one of the iconic funny ones or just random like all episodes? Of them. Yeah. They, they were random episodes. Right. Um, but yeah. That I was, mean, there's some though that like there's those viral threads on like Facebook or different things that are like certain scenes that like, like Dwight with the CPR doing CPR on the, uh, the dummy on the floor where they're learning CPR. I don't remember that one. Oh my gosh. Go back and watch it. If anybody else is with me, come on, you know, just yeah. tell so, me. <laughs> so that was really nice. And what am I thinking? I'm going to go on retreat in a couple of weeks mm. and I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, this will be my first retreat this year. Um, oh, um, so just a FYI, like priests are uh, bound canonically to make a retreat every mm. year. Um, because the church recognizes the primacy of the spiritual life right. for the sake of being able to do the apostolic and missionary and pastoral mm. work. Um, I think that's important to remember whenever we're struggling in our own lives with, you know, I've got so much work to do. I can't possibly set aside time for prayer each day. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that prayer is the heart, <laughs> um, and the source of our strength for for doing all this other work. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like I have to go make this retreat and I'm very much looking forward to it. So hot take, should Catholic churches require um yeah, lay church workers to do the same thing? I kind of think so. Yeah. You heard it here. I think it would be I a paradigm shift. I have no power to. Uh, <laughs> Father Paul to has made that, a declaration for the Diocese of Dallas. Everybody heard <laughs> yeah, it speaking here. Speaking officially, <laughs> um, on behalf of the Universal Church. <laughs> no, but I, I really do. Like if, like I can't just go and say that and then be like, well, it's just for priests. Um, maybe it looks different, uh, a little bit, but I do think it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what am I thinking? Dude, my wife's about to have a baby. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. It's coming soon. So she's due. Baby what? name, still a question mark? I think it's set. Sophia. Sophia. Yes. So. Victory. Vic- I, I claim responsibility. This was my <laughs> you favorite can't name. claim from the any beginning. responsibility for any of that. So. <laughs> wisdom. <Sophia. laughs> be attentive. That's Sophia means wisdom. Thank you. So, <laughs> Sophia. Lady Wisdom. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My wife will be happy to know that you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm happy that I with approve. it. Yeah, that, that you approve. So, um, thanks to everybody who uh, listened to us today. So excited uh, that you uh, 
took the time to listen to this podcast. Make sure to check us out on YouTube or Apple, Spotify, all those areas. Uh, submit any questions at our Gmail, prodigalinthepriest.com or St. Ann Parish slash PTP. On behalf of Joey Scansell, Father Paul, take care. God bless.